Welcome back to the How We See It podcast. My name is Desi. And my name is Kim. And today we have a really fun episode. We're going to be talking about our birth stories, which I'm so excited to talk about. It's been a minute, so I'm excited to like kind of refresh and dig back into something that was like really special in our lives. But before we get into that, let's do our new podcast thing, talking about things that we saw this week or experienced that is noteworthy of sharing. Okay. So I just did this this morning. We're, if you don't know, we're really big into love languages and like we've done an episode on that. And I took my love language um, test today and it was interesting to like see the shift that it has taken. And I wanted to just, have you taken it recently? I haven't. Oh, you should. Cause I feel like. It's changed a ton in motherhood for me. Um, so it used to be, it was funny because Taylor and I talked about it and we're like, isn't it funny that it's changed even like engagement to like marriage and now to like being parents. And so anyway, post baby, I was super like physical touch. That was like my number one thing, um, my love language. And now it's active services or active service. So that was really interesting because I was like, totally, I thought that was going to be like physical touch, but it totally wasn't. I know I've thought about retaking it before because there was a time when Adam and I were just fighting and I was like, I don't think my love language is physical touch anymore. Like, I feel like it's something else. So I'll have to retake it because I think like everything you said is just so true. Like it changes over time. Yeah. And I think like engagement, Taylor and I were saying this as well, like we were so like touchy touchy, like when we were like engaged, like just kind of like holding hands, always wanted to be hugging and like, and things. And now it's like, that's probably one of our lowest now, which is really funny because I'm like, I've never been a physical touch person until I met Taylor. Um, Even like my friends and my family can like attest to that, but um yeah, it's active services. Active service was like 27%. Words of affirmation was 20. Physical touch was 20. Quality time was 20. And then receiving gifts was 13%. So anyway, they're kind of like all in a little bit in the same playing field. But it was interesting to see like my number one through five. That's awesome. What made you guys retake the test just for funsies? Yeah, so his buddies actually took the test at school and he sent it to me and I was like, that's funny because your last one's physical touch and my number one is physical touch before I took it and he was like I want you to take it so he made me take it today and he was watching me like take it and he was just like smiling through the whole thing because he was like it's kind of good to see your spouse take it because you kind of see how they think through like the questions that they're asking you anyway oh that's cool I never thought about it like them watching you answer the questions because I feel like it gives you different scenarios, you know? And so if yeah. they see, like, those scenarios, it would help. That's cool. I'm yeah. going to make Adam and I take it again then. Anyway, the reason why I brought that up was because I feel like that's something, like, worthy that people can do throughout the week is to take it with your significant other or even for yourself to see, like, the change in your life. Cool. I love that. I'm going to do it. Um, something that I saw this week was The Little Mermaid with my 
with my girls but it was so fun because obviously like growing up Disney princesses came out like when we were when we were young right so I love Disney princesses so it was fun to take my three-year-old which she is so obsessed with princesses right now to like watch her like have that same magic that I had when I was younger so it was so cool to see that and I've had a lot of people ask me if it was a good movie, so I'm here to tell you now that it was a really good movie and you should go see it. I definitely, I really want to watch it because I've heard the same thing, and I heard it's one of the best live-action Disney movies that Disney has come out with, so. Oh my goodness, yes, like, it literally felt like I was seeing it with my own two eyes, like I was experiencing under the ocean with my own two eyes, like I didn't she need was, She glasses. was Little Mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> I was the Little Mermaid, no. But I was like, wow, this is so detailed. Like it looked like I could just touch it and yeah, it was so cool. Was so, it such 3D? A good no, I didn't see it in 3D, no. Okay, is there a 3D option? Oh, I have no idea. But that's what oh. I was saying. Like it's so good. I didn't even need 3D glasses. Interesting, yeah. So I definitely, definitely want to watch it. I don't think Taylor was going to want to watch it. I was sad because I found out today I was with family and my niece has already watched it. I was going to tell my sister-in-law we should go watch The Little Mermaid sometime. I'll come up and have my mom watch Luke. And then I'll come up with you and the girls and we can go watch it. But she already watched it. I'm like, dang it. Now Darn. I don't have anyone to do it with. Darn it. Yeah, you, you have to go see it. Yeah, I'll come I'll with you. Okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> come on the way to Vegas on Tuesday. No. $5 Tuesday. <laughs> just kidding. Yes. No. Are you watching any shows right now? Or are you anything Yes. Good? So we're watching Game of Thrones. I know that's like an old like series, but we recently just like got into it. We took a break um, and then we hop back on it and like we're obsessed. And then we just finished Survivor as well. So we we're like big diehard Survivor fans. Nice. Yeah, we love Survivor too. Something that um, I'm watching and Adam's just kind of there to watch too is Love Island. Have you ever watched Love Island? I haven't. I've heard. You need to watch it. I've heard mixed reviews though. Like there's people that love it and then there's people like this is like trash. But I don't know. Like it's my favorite. Like what's the word? Reality TV. Yes. Yeah. Like love. But like in the category of like love. Oh, like The Bachelor. Yes. Yes. Okay. Just because it's like juicy and you have to watch the UK version too because I feel like I don't know. There's just something about them that I love, like their accents. At first, I could not get into it. Like people would tell me about it and I was like, I can't like I can't get through the accents. You just have to like stick through like a first episode and then it's just so good. But I'm watching season five right now um, and I love it. It's on Netflix, right? It's on it's on Hulu. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. I got that. I got that. (laughs) Yeah. But I feel like it's just one of those shows that's like great to have in the background, like if you're cleaning or. Mm -hmm. i don't know just like a good binge worthy show so yeah okay if you need a new show check it out yeah that's i think that's the show that kind of like i would have to start watching and then if like taylor's just sitting around on his phone he'll probably chime in but yeah i'm a big like i love well recently like i haven't loved the bachelor and the bachelorette i'm a big Mm -hmm. like paradise girl like i love Mm -hmm. watching paradise but um and then i was watching love is blind did you ever watch that Yes. So is it like in the mix of both of them or like it's just like a different it's whole like different It's oh, like paradise. It's like paradise. Yeah. Okay. So, so maybe I, I, yeah. yeah. You'll, you'll like it. Isn't it interesting to think like if you were in 
like, how do you get to that position of like applying for a show like that? Like, I don't, sometimes I'm like, did someone apply for you or like, did you put an application yourself? I know for real. Anyway, I was also thinking, do you have anything else you want to share? I don't think so. I don't think so. My love language was like my thing. (laughs) Your thing of the week. Yes. I, so my thing of the week was, it was just a busy week. I had my birthday and then I had my brother's graduation and it, it was just so funny to think Adam graduated 10 years. So this is like his 10 year anniversary, basically. Anyway, um, so we go to the graduation and I was telling him like, I remember sitting with my, with my gown on, you know, and putting the tassel to the side and like throwing up our caps and just like all that fun stuff. But I was also thinking like at that time, it was such a huge deal. Like graduation was such a big deal and watching it from you know 10 years later it's like graduation is just like a little blip in time like it's just like this tiny little achievement you know like it's yeah as huge as it I thought it was but anyway I it was just like a perspective thing like holy cow that that was 10 years ago so crazy and your your brother graduated from the same high school you said right yeah that is crazy that, and it, yeah, I feel like I'd take me back in time. But yeah, I remember yeah. feeling the same way, like sitting down and be like, I did it. Like, this is it. Like, I achieved. This is it. Yeah. Which it is a big achievement. Yes. Not yes. everybody graduates from high school, but I feel like I just felt like I just graduated from like with a doctorate or something. <laughs> yes. Like you just conquered the world. But. Oh, wait, I do have something. I just remembered. Okay. So I've been trying to win. Jonas Brother tickets. <laughs> I know. Did I you like, win? No, did you I win? did not. Oh, I wish fair. I did. I tried every morning at 740 here in Vegas time and I did not win. Anyway, I was caller like four. That's the closest I got. Um, But so they do this thing like they do 150 seconds of a topic. And so one of the times that like I was trying to like compete to win this little this girl and her dad like answered and so anyway the the topic was like wedding traditions and like how you feel about those like the the gird the garter is that what it's called yeah the garter and like the just like flowers and like the groomsmen wearing boutonnieres and like just groomsmen and bridesmaids in general like that your thought and your stance on that and like is that like a thing still is that not a thing and it's interesting I wanted to ask you this because you're a photographer I know you're not really doing like wedding stuff but um I was just kind of like thinking in my head I'm like I don't think I would be doing this this and this anymore because I don't I don't know anyway I just wanted to hear your thoughts you're like uh <laughs> just like, like on what in particular tra- just like on wedding traditions like your thoughts on like the garter is that what it's called yeah the garter like the thing that the girls wear and the guy takes uh-huh. off. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, why why not? Why you're like <laughs> We're going to I mean, like like what are your thoughts? Like wh- what did you think? I don't know. I just feel like I like I personally wouldn't like I don't think I I did do Did we do it? I don't even remember if we did it or not. Anyway, My, I just was thinking Go go for go ahead. It. I, okay, was I was thinking just thinking like say it. No, I was just going to say that, like, I, there's just, like, feel like things are becoming, 
in my eyes, or at least weddings I've seen it, things are becoming more simple, simpler and like, and not so like grand and big. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So my thing is, because I've like videoed weddings and like photographed weddings, the simple weddings are so boring. Really? Yeah, they're so boring. Like I dread those kinds of weddings where they have nothing planned. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like if that's you, go for it. But they are so boring to attend. I don't know. Like even as a guest, I'm like, should I stay? Should I go? Like, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I was thinking when you were talking about the garter, like I remember we did it. Um, I bought this like really adorable one off of Etsy. It was so cute. And the only thing is when he like tossed it, I never got it back. So I paid money for this adorable like garter only to be like tossed to who knows who, where to go. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But like little things like that. But I think it's just like those, like the garter toss, the first dances, all those different types of things. I feel like it's fun. Like it keeps your, it's like a party, you know? Mm -hmm. Anyway. But I feel like if you want to keep it simple, don't invite everybody. I don't know. Yeah. Just like at least that's what I would do. Like legit, just my immediate family is what I would do. Like just have a dinner with my immediate family. But because I don't know, have you been to have you been to a wedding where you go and you just sit there the whole time because they don't do anything? Like there's no entertainment. Like they're just talking to people. No. No, I don't think I've ever been to to one like that i've always been to like one that has like a dj or like yeah. they're doing the a dance or they're doing some culture thing that they tradition yeah. that they do in their family so i've always gone to like hype weddings but the yes. dad that answered on the radio was like they're like no on like all of that like there's no point of it like nobody wants to see that like and there was just like different branches of the topic yeah. that they were talking yeah. about. But anyway, I just wanted to hear your opinion. I don't know if that was worthy to share, but I just wanted to. No, it was worthy. I think it's worthy to share because, I mean, we talk about marriage and weddings on our podcast. And I feel like people have an opinion on that for sure. Mm-hmm. But I, like the guy said, like if it's, maybe it's pointless. But if it is to you, then I think just keep it small. Like, yeah. True. I don't know. Just because I've been a guest at one and it's like you show up and they have a ton of people to talk to. So you show up, you have like two minutes to like quickly say like congratulations. And then for the next few hours, you're just sitting there. You know what True. I'm saying? So yeah. it's like, mm, do I stare to go? But yeah, that that is a good something to bring up. Yeah. And not everybody knows everyone. So that's kind of no, yeah. sometimes hard. So yes. Anyway, that was my my two cents of those <laughs> things I saw and did this week. Yes, I love that. Well, should we get into our, our topic? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's do it. Do you want to go first or me? Um, You can go first. I'll let you take the reins because you have two. I know, I have two. Okay. So hopping into my first daughter's birth story, I feel like in order for you to fully understand how I felt... And what I was feeling during that birth, you have to understand the intensity of my first daughter's birth story. So I'm going to share my first daughter's story. It's a little long because it lasted multiple days, but I'm going to give you a little context. So when we found out we were pregnant, 
My mother-in-law had actually told us about these amazing midwives and the birth class that they were teaching, which by the way, I highly, highly recommend taking a birth class because you learn so much. I don't know what I would have done without that birth class. But anyway, after learning all of that knowledge we gained from that class, I ultimately decided I wanted an unmedicated birth. So when I found out I was pregnant, I had the full intention of getting an epidural. Like birth terrified me. So this, like I said, this class was so amazing for me. But at, at our 20 week mark, the plan from giving birth at a hospital with an OBGYN switched to giving birth at a birth center with midwives. And a note that I want you guys to remember, this will play into like the bigger picture, but when it comes to midwives, you pay out of pocket versus through insurance. So we paid our first half with OB and then the other half we paid with our midwives. Anyway, going on to the story. The first evening of my whole story, I started getting contractions, which were the basic rule of thumb people go from lasting one minute, five minutes apart, and throughout the duration of one hour. So because this was my first baby, I thought, okay, this is go time. Like I'm about to be pushing here soon. But now that I've gained, like I've given birth and I know a little bit more about labor and the rule of thumb, like that rule of thumb, like just really isn't the best to go by. But anyway, my midwives tell me just to rest as much as possible until I can get things, like things start to get unbearable. So that's what I did that night. I went to sleep. I got a couple hours of sleep, but I woke up just feeling them so strong. And I can almost see myself like going through that night alone and intense. I even took a shower. I was just like feeling the pain and I just, I didn't sleep that night. So going on to day two, I woke up and I messaged my doula and I was like, hey, I need your help. But I, I just did want to give like a quick definition of like what a doula is in case you don't understand or you, you've never heard of it. So I just Googled this, but the definition says that a doula is a person trained to advise, inform, and offer emotional and physical comfort to a mother before, during, and after the birth of her child. So the word doula comes from a Greek word, the meaning of which translate to female helper and maidservant. So I love that because that just like perfectly depicts what my doula was for me. So anyway, back to the story, I had asked her to come and help me, but that's exactly like where things take a twist in my story. And of course, once she shows up, my contractions are no longer consistent and they were not as strong as they were. So I was so embarrassed that I had taken her away from her family and her time and for nothing to progress. So after a few hours of no progression, I was feeling so defeated and my, my doula went home and my midwives had given us a few suggestions to potentially help things to start going again. But at this point, I was so defeated. I was embarrassed, defeated. I didn't know what was going on. As a first-time mom, you don't know what's happening. Like The unknown is just so unknown. And at the same time, I'm like, I just want my baby here. Like, what am I waiting for? I don't want to feel these contractions. I just want to have my baby here. Which, by the way, my contractions didn't stop they were just not as strong and just not as consistent. But eventually that night they started to pick up and feel really strong again. The whole night I was on my knees just debating calling my doula. The intensity was so strong and I just felt like I needed her, but I didn't want a repeat of what had happened earlier. I didn't want her to come over 
you know, away from her family for things to not progress again. So I just wrote it out. And the minute the sun went up the next day, I called my midwives and we went over to their house. And luckily, I was so happy to hear that I was dilated to a two. So we decided to head home, which by the way, I don't ever recommend going through contractions in a car because my husband had to pull over multiple times and uh, it was just so, so intense. But once we got home, I just felt like I needed a blessing because this had gone on for multiple days. The unknown was just taking over my mental, like my mental thoughts. And so I got a blessing from Adam, which really just shaped the outlook on the rest of my birth experience. So in the blessing, I was told everything would work out the way it needed to be. And that was just, it brought me so much peace. So after being home for a few hours, we set, we decided to head to the birth center. And again, the, tr- the contractions in the car are just not fun. I wish somebody could have filmed what we looked like in the car going through contractions. I was on my hands and knees in the back seat, and my doula was helping me through it all. But it was literally like a scene from a movie. Anyway, we arrived to the birth center. And again, the contractions were just increasing. I was feeling a very intense amount of pressure. We were trying different techniques to ease the pain and lots of moaning and crying, all the things. But this is where I got so tired. The nights of no sleep had finally caught up to me. And I kept falling asleep or at least wanting to fall asleep between the contractions. And the hard part about it all was I was just progressing so, so slow. So my midwives come in to check on me eventually, and I had finally made it to a seven. I was dilated to a seven, and this is where she gave me the okay to go labor in the tub, which I was looking forward to. Unfortunately, my body didn't handle it well, and I think it didn't handle it well because I was expecting the water to be really, really warm, and it wasn't. It wasn't warm. It was cold. I mean, it was lukewarm, but more on the cold side, and I mean, my husband knows me. I take the hottest showers, so for good reason. It was not hot water, but for some reason, I had expected to just feel that relief that I do in the shower, and it just didn't give me that. So my birth team goes into the other room, and they come back, and they wanted to check dilation again just to see if I had progressed any, and I remember my midwife just looking at me just with sad eyes, just almost defeated as well. And she said that I was a seven, but it had actually gone down to a five. And she thought that the best thing for me would be to head to the hospital so that I was able to rest because the hardest part, pushing out my baby, was just around the corner and I would need more energy than I had now, than I had then to push out my baby. So we decided that was best. I was so determined to have an unmedicated birth. I I truly believe I would have been able to do it. But because I had been in labor for so many days, it was what was best. And the blessing, the words from the blessing just brought me so much comfort. And I knew that's what we needed to do. And again, we're at the car contractions. Ugh, I just, I truly do not wish it upon anybody. But we called the nearest hospital just to make sure... Again, this is just another key point. We called to make sure that they accepted our assurance and we got settled in. I get the epidural. I feel so much better. And of course, once I'm ready to hit the hay to knock out, 
the nurse comes in and she says that the hospital didn't actually accept our insurance. So I was feeling so defeated completely. Like that was the cherry on top of everything. But luckily we were so tired that we slept it off. And the next morning we were surrounded by all of our family. Again, just another full day of just ups and downs and labor. But eventually around 8.30 that night, I had finally reached complete dilation. And I was able to push. And that's when we had our first little girl and she made her entrance into the world. But I remember looking at her the first time she came out. And I was shocked how much she looked like the pictures from my scrapbook. I was so blown away. But the unfortunate part about it all is I was so drugged up that I don't remember feeling like that immediate connection that you have or that you hear about with your baby. So that was just my overall feeling. But the thing that I do remember was just feeling like so happy that it was over, that she was finally here. I finally had my first baby, but thankfully that connection came and I was, once I was fully back to my senses and back to myself, it was the coolest thing to hold my baby, my soft, sweet, small baby that I had been working, that not working, I had been waiting my whole life to meet. So that was my first birth experience, a long one, but a very transformative birth. I just look back and think, holy cow, I did that. That's crazy. That is so crazy. I feel I like, know. I don't know, like, eh, birthing is so interesting because I feel like it's so different. And I'm sure your second one is going to be like just a completely different story. But like, I, I, I can't imagine like even my birth story from yours, from the first from Lila's is so different. But I can't imagine three days, three whole days going through this like even just one day of me doing what you did was exhausting like it took me out for like a week I was like I'm done yes no yeah it was it was so exhausting well I was gonna ask you like how did you feel like after like were you like going forward with like were you thinking that far ahead of like having kids after that or were you just like this is not gonna kind of not gonna put a damper into like my future kids and their birth like how were you feeling after that so now I kind of remember what I was going to say kind of adding on to what you just asked something that happened in my birth with Lila is my cervix tore so Mm, okay with the checkups I found out that the doctor told me that I was at risk for what's the terms why can't I think of these terms it's been a minute but I was at risk for like an early pregnancy does that make okay. sense? Like preterm yeah, yeah. labor? I don't know. Yeah, I'm, preterm I'm labor. I'm forgetting. Yeah. But I was at risk for that. So moving forward, I was like, what am I going to do? Because I still want to have an unmedicated birth. Like I like from everything I learned from the birth, cl- birth class, that's still something I want to do. So it's like, how is that going to affect the way I have future kids? And like, when can I do that? But I feel like really that blessing just really helped bring peace to it all and like everything was happened happened the way it was supposed to so I feel like it didn't scare me in the sense of like am I gonna have kids again or things like that that answer your question no yeah for sure yeah because I feel like that could possibly scare women of not having kids again or just like not trying to 
get into that state of mind of like, I don't want to like affect another, like my other kid's birth and like that. Cause it, it is a beautiful thing, you yeah. know? And so I don't know. That's why I yeah, just want to think- ask. I think, like, the birth aspect of it, of, like, giving birth to a baby didn't necessarily scare me because people always say, like, the more kids you have, the faster they come. So maybe this pregnancy was super long. I think my midwife even told me, like, her first birth lasted days two and then the next baby came fast. So that gave me hope. And so in the sense of, like, actually, like, giving birth to a child, that didn't scare me. But financially, it did scare me, like... I do want to have another unmedicated birth, but what if this happens again where I go to like the birth center or have a home birth and then I have to be transferred to the hospital again? Like that, that part scared me and like the financial part of it because it was a big chunk of money, you know? And by the way, luckily, by the grace of God, (laughs) um, they like, I don't even know the word, but they basically like approved us for like an emergency like birth so our insurance took took that if that makes sense oh cool yeah so does that make sense yeah 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 anyway i can't speak you're today, not broke pretty much <laughs> yeah yeah that huge huge <laughs> bill actually ended up being a lot smaller so thank goodness but for sure so how was it like you that was like my next question. Like, so with your next one, did you end up getting your unmedicated birth? Did you get your water birth? Did you go with midwives? What did that look like? Yes. So the, like the day I found out I was pregnant with Lennon, I reached out to my doula just because I had become so close to her in my pregnant, I mean, in my birth. Um, I just trust her and her knowledge, but I reached out to her and I was like, Hey, you know, my cervix tour, what would you suggest I do? Should I go through midwives again or should I go through a hospital? And she told me it would probably be best to go through a hospital because of something. I don't know. Um, So I went through, I was like, okay, that's all I needed to know. I'll go through the hospital. I'll go through an OB. Should I jump into my next one or do you want to talk about yours no I feel like it's gonna kind of flow and then flow. I'll go into okay. Luke yeah because I want it because I want to hear like how this connects how to Lila's and, yeah. yes yes okay okay so with wait, Lennon wait sorry how far apart are your girls um you know I don't know exactly but I can tell you that Lila was a year and a half when we got pregnant okay okay <laughs> <laughs> so she was two in a couple months when we had Lennon Okay. So, Lennon's birth story. My plan with Lennon was to labor as long as I could at home, head to the hospital when I was ready, and then give birth there, if possible, unmedicated. So, on a Sunday morning, I was 38 weeks, and it was 7 a.m. I was waking up bright and early to use the bathroom, and then once I get up from the toilet, I felt some liquid run down my leg, like almost as if I had peed myself again. And immediately, I asked myself, did my water just break? So I messaged my doula and she gave me some tips to figure out if my water had actually broke or not. So I get a towel out and I squat down and some more trickles come. And these trickles just continued throughout the rest of the day, which confirmed to me that my water did actually break. So I was so ecstatic. Comparing it to my last birth, I was just jumping for joy, happy that things were starting to happen on their own early. Things were progressing. I didn't have to worry about anything. 
So because I didn't know how long things were going to be, I hopped back into bed to rest and just get as much rest as possible before things would get more intense. So about two hours later, around 9 a.m. is when my contractions actually started to pick up. So I'm making arrangements for Lila, my daughter, to be picked up. I'm printing out my birth plan, and I was just finishing up a couple last-minute work things. So as I felt them coming on stronger, I hopped in the shower. Everything was just so controlled. I love looking back at this part of my birth. I was just listening to my birth playlist. I remember the water running down my skin, and I was just embracing every wave of a contraction. And I just felt like I was rocking it. I was in so much control. I hopped back into bed and I remember calling. I remember my dad called and he was asking if he could bring us down some lunch before he picked up my daughter. And I said, oh, like, don't worry about it. I don't think you'll need to pick her up until later, like around dinner time. So don't worry about it. And 15 minutes later, I picked up the phone to call him back because my contractions within that time had picked up so much stronger so I was like okay come head over come pick her up and at that point I had to just get into comforting labor positions like I wasn't able to just walk around and go through it I actually had to get down be in positions that helped me go through those contractions so I labor I labored in the bathroom I was on the birthing ball my in my husband's arms and eventually got to the point where I found myself just finding it harder and harder to go through and all I could think about were those dreadful contractions I was telling you about earlier that you have to go through in the car if you're transferring to a hospital oh I just that thought was just getting to me and I was like okay we need to head to the hospital now because I don't want to go through those super intense contractions without my doula because my husband would have to drive it would just be me having to go through them in a very uncomfortable position. So I was like, let's go to the hospital. And we head to the hospital, keeping in mind that there would be a chance our doula wouldn't be able to make it in. Because of the COVID spike numbers, I was actually only allowed one person in the room. But by the grace of God, she made her way in and I was so, so grateful for it. Before she came in, I handed my printed birth plan to my nurses. And I remember feeling like they just glanced at it and completely ignored it. Like, they were like, what is this? What are we doing? Everything I wrote down, they came back and tried to fight for it to go the other way. So I was so frustrated. I was going through contractions, which made it really hard for me to be there mentally, mentally enough to advocate for myself. So I remember crying, thinking my birth was not going to go the way I wanted and hoped for. But once my doula stepped in, I just felt at peace like I could continue in hope again because I I was so scared that things were not going to go the way I wanted. So we turned on the lights, turned on my birth playlist, and I also wanted twinkle lights just to set a vibey mood. And I labored in peace there for hours. My husband and my doula helped me through just the progressing intensity. I labored on the birth ball pretty much for most of the time and using the bed to help me. And let me tell you, it is so crazy how different my preferences were in this labor this time around. It was so unique in its own way. I thought it would be the exact same. Like I would want my doula to help me in the same positions, but no, it was completely different. So eventually I'm starting to sweat. I'm moaning. I'm yelling. I'm starting to feel like I'm losing control. The stronger the contraction, the stronger the impression of time had on me. All I could think about was how much longer 
Will I be doing this for days? Will I lose progression like last time? Or will this be a steady climb? So the fear of the unknown just crept in so quickly. All I could think about was Lila's birth and just the whole the whole thing, how that went down. It just was in my head the whole time. So I had hoped to be able to hop into the tub, but my doctor refused me to get in despite all of its research showing its benefits and how helpful it would be for me. So instead, my husband held the shower hose to me and I was completely just in my head at this point. I wasn't talking. Every contraction I went through, it was all in my head. I was in transition and just absolutely filled with fear. As I rocked back and forth on this labor ball, I felt like I had a giant poop. Sorry if that's TMI, but I felt extremely, extremely constipated. Like all I could think about was how big this poop was going to be. And I just kept imagining myself trying to poop out this giant poop all while feeling this extreme pressure of the contractions. And I just could not imagine having to mentally do both. I could not. It was just so overwhelming. Anyway, I Anyway, ultimately that fear of having to take a giant poop and you know continue progressing in labor all just while well, I'm so close to the end, I just I couldn't do it, so it just consumed me and I yelled out for the epidural. I was like, it's time. I can't do this. I can't do this. I kept saying I can't do this and I need an epidural. I wish I could go back in time and just say, you need to stop saying that. You can do this. That is not poop because now I know that was not poop. But eventually, thankfully, I was able to get the epidural despite me being so far in labor because I was the only patient in the hospital giving birth that day. So again, I just felt so overwhelmed with all the questions as the anesthesiologist came in. He was asking me so many questions. I felt overwhelmed in the first place because my birth plan was changing. I was in the most pain I'd ever been in and I was just being bombarded with questions. I remember sweating profusely. My hair was a wild mess. I was doing hurling motions into my husband's chest almost as if I was trying to leave my own body. I felt a burning sensation. I want to say it was Ring of Fire, but I'm not 100% sure it's exactly what it felt like. And I was feeling extremely constipated and I had the biggest urge to get that poop out of me. I wanted to just push it out right then and there. But with every hurl I was doing into my husband's chest, I was sucking in, breathing in because I needed to get an epidural and there's no way I can push out poop when I'm getting the epidural. I had to hold as still as possible. So it was extremely anxiety filled and just overwhelming, which I literally brought upon myself. I had asked for the epidural, but because of all those questions, I was just so anxious. I thought the poop was going to come out right then and there on the floor the anesthesiologist was almost ready to put the epidural in me and that is the only thing I could think about was the poop like I can't hold this in anymore I need to poop so I yelled out I need to poop and the nurse that was next to me she said honey you don't need to poop that's your baby and in that moment I remember feeling like what did I just do I called for the anesthesiologist I'm so close to having this baby what did I do like I could finish out my birth plan the way I wanted and go unmedicated or 
I just felt like it was too late. There was nothing I could do because it was, he was almost ready to put this epidural in me. And within seconds, I just remember very quickly, a quick battle just flashed through my head and I was too late. I had regressed so much unmedicated and I was just defeated that I was giving up on my birth plan. I had a split second say t- to say no, never mind, I can do this. But within that second, he had started to put the epidural in. So there was no turning back in that decision. And a part of me was feeling so relieved. But I had another part of me just feeling so sad that I just didn't push through it. I was so close. Why did I not just push through? But my doctor came in to check on my cervix and I had made it to complete dilation. So because the medication was just put into me, I was still able to feel my contractions, but at but at a less intense level, which I was so grateful for. And around 9.30 that night, my second daughter was born, and I remember feeling that instant connection that I was unable to feel with my first, just because with my first, I was so drugged up on pain meds. I just felt so happy to feel that instant connection that I didn't get to feel the first time around. It was so sacred. You could feel that heavenly presence. It was a feeling I'll never be able to get. Just fresh life, so pure, and I felt so accomplished. Although my birth plan didn't go exactly how I wanted it to go, I was so, so happy to hold my newborn, and I was just so happy that she was safe, healthy, and that everything went well. So my doula stayed for about an hour after, and she just helped with breastfeeding, making sure that we were getting settled in okay. It was pure heaven. The first time around with Lila, I had all my family there, like legit so many people. I had my grandma, my other grandma, my great grandma, my mom, my dad, my stepmom. I had, I just had so many people in the room, my husband, my doula. It was filled and this time around, it was just me, Adam, and my doula. And it was, both experiences were so beautiful in their own way. So it's really cool to have a new experience with just Adam and I and our doula and it was so sacred and just so sweet and beautiful. I look back at my first birth and the first word that comes to my head is transformative. Lila's birth was so transforming. I grew so much from it and then when I look back at Lennon's I think of how sacred and empowering it was. It was so close to the birth that I wanted to have And because even though it didn't go exactly how I wanted, it was how it needed to be. And it was so, so beautiful. I cry thinking about both. I cry for different reasons, but just, it's so beautiful. I love birth. Thinking about birth makes me want to have another baby just to go through the birth again. Um, Anytime I do birth films, I get so excited because you just know the feeling and how beautiful it's going to be. It's also really cool too to look back and see how different my postpartum experiences were with each, which was one of the huge reasons why I wanted to go unmedicated was because of the recovery. I recovered so quickly postpartum with Lennon. It's just so amazing. And so that's what I hold on to about, I don't know, I just, I feel, I feel this little guilt inside of me that I didn't finished my birth plan the way I wanted I was so close and then I gave up but that's what I hold on to is because I progressed so far without medication I recovered so so quickly 
And I'm so grateful for that. And I feel like that's the reason I needed to do that. Anyway, that was Lennon's birth story. I, I always feel so guilty saying that I feel guilty for not finishing the way I wanted to just because it happened perfectly. Like my baby came and that was the most important part, but just a part of me just feels like I gave up. But at the same time, it's just crazy because I can feel so much all at once. At the same time, I'm so proud for how far I went and that my baby was here that was born healthy and everything. And I'm so, so grateful for that. But I feel like I'm allowed to feel both. And I finally accepted that. I used to try and hide that guilt, but I think it's okay to feel both. But anyway, that was London's birth story. Yeah, I love that you had a second, like a good experience with your second one. Not that oh, yeah. Lila wasn't, but like, because I'm like you said, it was still beautiful. Like you, you got a beautiful baby girl that was healthy. You were healthy. Um, but I'm glad you had that experience with Lennon that will even, even just make your next kid even like a be- better birth experience. You know, it's only going oh, yeah. up from here. Um, hopefully, you know? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I love that. And I just feel like with every birth, it will get better and better. And hopefully I can have that unmedicated birth one day. But just with like those few little things that happened in my first birth, it really affected my second birth. But now that I've seen my second birth happen and like experienced that, I'm like, oh, like now I know like why, why I acted the way I did and why I did the things I did. And now I can move forward in my third birth whenever that happens and like have a little bit more power, a little bit more knowledge and be able to have another great birth experience. Yeah. So with your second, I mean, with your cervix tearing with Lila, that wasn't a problem with Lennon. Is that like still a future problem or what? No. Yeah. So that's, that's another thing that I kind of like, I wouldn't say bothers me, but I think about often and I'm like, I didn't need to go to the hospital actually. Because later, like a week before I went into birth, my doula had told me, I misunderstood your question when you asked me, when you found out you're pregnant. She's like, you actually can still go through midwives if you want to. And I'm like, I'm not going to do the same thing as last time where I have the possibility of switching to a a midwife, paying all those fees with my, with an OB, switching to a midwife, and then potentially, if it happens again, going back to the hospital and paying all that. So I was like, I'm just going to stick with my plan and have it at the hospital, but it, it didn't affect my birth at all because my it healed fine, I guess. So it yeah. didn't affect it at all. Oh, good. Okay, cool. Yeah, I was just wondering that to see, like, if that was, like, a thing. But I'm yeah. glad that you get to do the birthing center thing, so. Yes, yeah. But it's so cool to, like, relive and think about your your birth, especially when you have, like, birth videos and birth photos like you feel just looking at it you like feel exactly how you felt in those moments so I'm excited to talk about yours because I was there for it and like just (laughs) I was so lucky and had the privilege to be able to like capture that for you so I'm excited to hear I don't think I've ever heard your side of it like your side of the birth story so I'm excited (laughs) yeah I'm excited too so it's kind of weird like you just said like it's um crazy to think about it and just kind of relive it um it's actually coming up to like a year of me (laughs) 
like Mm -hmm. this whole experience of being a mom and birthing out my little Luke. Um, So yeah, he was born June 20th. So it's coming up right around the corner, which is crazy. I'm going to have a one-year-old, but um, yeah, my birthing experience was good. I loved, loved. I am so blessed to say that like I actually really had a great birthing experience Um, and I actually had a doula too. Um, and I didn't know anything about doulas till actually you, you had a doula and I actually got to know Trista. I went with a, um, another doula. Her name was Jamie. We just, um, she's family friends of Taylor. And so anyway, um, I highly, highly recommend, and I'm sure Des can attest to that. Like doulas are like rock stars and they're just like, the rock of your foundation in that moment besides your husband or your spouse. Um, but anyway, yes, Desi was in my birth. Um, and I just feel like I had an overall, like just really good birthing team. I had like Taylor, my doula, Jamie, I had, I knew my, my, my head nurse, um, because I went into the triage room a couple weeks prior to, giving birth. And so I requested her just because I really just vibed with her in the triage room and she was so nice. And so anyway, I requested her that night and then my night nurse, um, she was awesome too. And I just lucked out on her. So I, if you're in Utah County, like just DM me and I'll tell you what hospital to go to, because it was like, if that's the route that you want to go to, because I had an amazing experience in the hospital that I went to. So anyway, Um, so I had no idea like what birthing was like, I only knew of like what Desi said and like, just like friends that been through it. And my doula, actually, we did a couple classes prior to, um, birthing. So we wrote out like a birthing plan and I told her like my do's and don'ts, like what, I wanted, what I thought I wanted. And I love that. Like every time I like was like, well, what do you think? And she's like, well, it doesn't matter. Like what I think I can give you like options of like, but ultimately it's going to be up to you and Taylor what you guys want to do. And mostly you. Um, so anyway, I, I'm going to try to keep this like short and sweet, but, um, so the, so gave birth to, so I, sorry, let me back up. I, I went through the OB route. I um, didn't do midwives. I was trying to get into a midwife um, that was highly recommended in Utah County, but it was just impossible due to like COVID. She had more strict, strict like rules to get in. Um, then I found another, my OB that I actually really, really loved. My, my sister-in-law had both of her kids through him and highly recommended him and I mean obviously she's my sister-in-law so I like just take her opinion you know like I like trust her so we go meet him and we we really like him he listens to me um and all that so anyway I told him from the beginning look like I need you to be at my birth like I don't care what happens this is like me 10 weeks pregnant telling him like what are you doing around June 20th like or like June 19th because that was my due date like what are you doing and he's like well I don't know that's kind of far out and so I'm like you better be here I'll buy you Ruth's Chris and I'll buy your wife that like you just need to make sure you're there um so anyway 
it comes rolling around and he ends up saying that he's gonna like leave um out of town and i just like was shattered like i was like there's no way like what are we gonna do so he gave me like options he was like you'll like be fine if another doctor delivers your baby um but um i also can induce you as well so he gave me the option and that was just not in my birthing like plan to get induced um but we just talked out our options and like why he gave me the option in any way we ended up um planning for me to get induced so i didn't go through the contractions in the car like i thought this was gonna be like what you see in the movies of like your water breaking (laughs) in the middle of the store and like just like these things that you picture like your birth to be, it was nothing like that. I went chilling and <laughs> I rolled up in the hospital with my bag. My hair was curled and like it just was um, just like literally walked in and they like placed me in the room. I knew who my nurse was like it was like perfectly like planned out, which which now looking back, like I don't know why I was so stressed about getting induced um, and I get why some people don't and some people do there's so many different opinions and i think at the end of the day whatever works best for you is what you should do um so we go in june 19th the day of father's day like what a great way to like start off the first father day father's day for taylor um we're in the hospital we we go get to get induced um and so the plan was to get um this pill um, placed into my cervix called cervidil and and so it's it's pretty much just supposed to ripen my cervix um anyway i get that placed um and they're trying to break my water hasn't broken and they're trying to break my water so they're then they're like okay if this um if you don't your water doesn't break naturally we're gonna have to do some other interventions and that's when i was like uh-uh like there's no like I'm not getting no balloon I'm not getting like a needle like (laughs) and if you know you know like what I'm saying um yeah and if you haven't like I'm sure like when that that path comes your way you'll know like what I'm talking about because I I feel like this was all like just like new to me and I just was scared of everything um and the also the other thing that they were going to do is pitocin and so that was another like no for me. I didn't want to do that. I was like, I just want my Cervidil and that's like, that's all I want to do. Like, just leave me at that. Um, but I knew that there would, there had to be other interventions if it didn't happen on it so naturally. But luckily, things just happen like so, so fast. Like they placed that Cervidil and my body just like soaked that sucker up and was like, you're ready. Um, and I was just so happy cause it like kickstarted my body. Um, so let me like, hold on. <laughs> You're good. So the, the nurse placed the Cervidil at like 8 PM. And then a couple hours later, I started to feel contractions around like 10. Cause at like, we were like watching movies. Like, I don't know what you guys were doing, but like we were watching movies and we're just chilling and 10 o'clock hit. And at this point, I didn't have no epidural. Like, when 10 o'clock striked, my body just, like, started shaking. Like, I was, like, full body shaking. Like, I was cold. Like, 
it was like an out of body experience and the contraction started hitting. So the day prior, I thought I was having, well, I was having Braxton Hicks, but I thought there were contractions. And so I'm like, I'm in labor. This is it. These are hurting. I thought the Braxton Hicks were hurting. And, and so when I was in actual labor and having contractions, I was like, holy shit, those weren't contractions. These are, these are contractions. Like I was riding through the waves and like literally like it, it was one of the most like interesting pains I've ever been through. And um, sorry, but I know like people always like when you're pregnant for the first time, people always ask like, what is it like to feel a contraction? How do you know when you're having a contraction? And you're like, when you know, you know, it will happen. You will just know. But anyway, sorry. Yeah, no, I was going to also say that because I feel like I would always ask you quite, I remember always texting you. I don't know if you remember this, but like, so what is this supposed to feel like? Or like, um, I think my mucus plug came out. Like, what is that supposed to look like? You know, like, how do I know this and that? And like so many unknowns that I feel like this is why and where a doula comes in. And I feel like, and just like even friends too, like having those plugs to like help you walk through this like new thing that you have to learn within like seconds, <laughs> like yes, as you go yeah. through it, like, cause there's only so much you can learn. And there's only so much things that you can like read and like soak up. But at the same time, it's like you, you, you have to be hands on through this to like actually know what you're going through. So anyway, I'm like riding through the waves. Taylor's doing his counter pressures that he learned from like Ardula. He's doing like the hip stuff and like I'm on my knees and trying different birthing positions. Um, and this is when I started hitting the active labor state. Um, my nurse came in here and I came into the room. I was in labor shakes. And then um, she was like, you're in labor. Like you're like, this is crazy because usually this doesn't like happen this quick. Like, I don't know, like that cervidal like work wonders on you. Um, so she asked me if she want if I, she, if it was okay for I guess she asked my opinion if I wanted to get my cervix checked. And I was like, heck yeah, I want you to check my cervix. I want to see when I'm getting this baby out. And so she said I was dilated. Um, but my nurse was the type of person of like, she always under dilated me. Like she was like, if you're a four, I'm giving you a three because I'm not going to get your hopes up. Because it's like you're kind of borderline four. You're close to a four, but you're also like kind of at a three. So she's like, you're just at a three. So anyway, I kept doing that throughout the night and I'm telling you there was like a a point that like I was like oh heck no give me those drugs right now like I need those drugs I think of that scene of baby mama when she's like western medication woo woo like <laughs> <laughs> like that is totally me like my plan was never to go unmedicated I am I like I just didn't want to do that I knew I always wanted to get an epidural um, and so anyway, the freaking um, not urologist, anesthesiologist, I, not kidding, that guy, he couldn't come any faster because I needed him like right there and right now. And at this point, my doula wasn't there. We we're just keeping her updated because it was, I went in 
um, late that night and this was happening 10 p.m. And kind of in the state of you, like, I just didn't want to, like, I don't know, like, I'm such a, like, I think about, like, because I know her, like, her family, like, and so I'm like, I don't want to bug her. It's late at night. What if she has to sleep over? Like, she lives far. And then you, too, like, I had to update you because you're, the plan was for you to come in. And I, I knew you had girls and your husband worked the, ne- the next day. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there was so many things that went into play, people that were a part of it that I was like, I'm not bothering it. And then I'm like, it's <laughs> totally fine. Anyway, so anesthesiologist comes in and he was my best friend. He placed that sucker back in my bag. And and honestly, like that was one of my, that was probably my biggest fear. It wasn't pushing out the baby. It was getting that epidural because like, I knew that was in oh, my yeah. plan. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even, I didn't even, it was nothing. Like, I don't even know why it was so worked <laughs> up. So if you're hearing this and you have the same feeling and if you're like going to, planning to get pregnant or you are pregnant or whatever the case may be like if that's one of your fears that's nothing (laughs) like that's literally like when you're in that pain you don't care about a single thing (laughs) you just want to get out of that pain um so the epidural was placed and like I felt like I finally could have relaxed and I went to bed that night Um, and they just kept checking, checking me. So I had the option and I don't know if you did in either of your births, but I had the option to like, um, dispense my epidural as much as I wanted to. I guess there is a max, I guess I shouldn't say that you're like, (laughs) you're like, click, 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 click. Yeah. Um, but I got my epidural and I didn't click it till right before, like I gave birth. So I had, I could feel my contractions, like the waves, like I felt when they peaked and I knew when they weren't. So it was pretty cool when I was started, finally started pushing, um, like that sense, but pretty much between all of me getting the epidural to pushing, like we were just kind of writing it out, waiting, like we were laughing. We were, I was crying. I was, you know, we were, sleeping taking naps like there was like a lot in between and we got a little bit of all types of emotions wouldn't you say that's what I loved about your your birth like looking back on your birth video when I was editing it that's what I loved about it was seeing like that you had those high moments and then when you were in when you were going through your contraction you were going through it and then you'd come right back out just smiling or you know I love that. I loved like looking at that, that the whole like birth experience doesn't have to be like this hard thing the whole time, you know? So I loved that about, about your birth. I was just, so my doula, um, actually wrote out my whole birth, my birth story. So I'm kind of looking at like notes because it's hard to remember all the details, like you said. And so I am just reading like, this is when we called Desi the um <laughs> the birth photographer so i called you around 4 a.m i don't know if you remember all this yeah mm-hmm. yeah so i didn't even know that was that early i i'm sorry <laughs> no you're fine um, i'm on deck ready i'm like stoked to go and see you give birth to your baby <laughs> <laughs> no but yeah it was it was good i i love that it was just full of people that i like loved and trust um and like 
my best friend was in there. Des was in there. Like my husband, my doula that I like love as well. And it was just really awesome. And so, um, the next day rolls around and like, we're just kind of waiting around. Like we're just like waiting for like Luke to make his grand entrance. And he's just taking a sweet old time. Like he's just chilling and (laughs) chilling in me. Um, I was changing positions, which I loved. We were, um, trying the rebozo we were trying the ball we were trying the the poles we were like everything just to get this little guy to come out and get into position and so um finally um my nurse actually got my water to break and I think that's whenever the the ball started rolling pretty quick um and I just I just remember seeing Taylor's face go from like holy crap this is <laughs> happening like I just kept looking at him like he's gonna pass out he's gonna pass out like I can see this happening um so anyway um I started pushing and I was pushing for a pretty long time I don't know what the normal is do you know what the normal is no I don't even know if there's a normal but I I was I was pushing pretty for a pretty long time. My nurse did ask me, do you, do you feel or do you want to start pushing? And I, at first time mom, first time pusher, whatever you want to birther, whatever you want to say, like, I don't know. Like, I'm just like, yeah, let's, let's do it. Like, why not? Like, let's get this show on the road. If you're, you're asking me that question, it must, it must be for some reason. You know what I mean? Um, and now looking back, I think I would have waited a little, a little bit longer for my body to like kind of tell me when it was ready and for Luke to turn and tell me when it was ready. Um, I mean, obviously it all worked out. I was fine at the end, but like I, I remember just pushing for so long and just looking at the clock and I, I like 10 minutes prior before Luke came out, I was like, I don't know if I can do this any longer. Like, I don't, I don't know this. And I knew that my doctor was already in the room at this point and I was like he just kept telling me go 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 push 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 push. you got it you got it you got it it." and I was like oh my gosh if I don't push this baby out he's gonna tell me c-section and that was just not in my plans like I was like he is not coming out I was already getting physically exhausted I was I just wanted to take a nap but I like I knew it wasn't and it of what everyone was telling me his head was just like right there just sitting right there like in my cervix and you can see like I got to touch his head and like his hair and everyone's like he has dark hair like he has lots of dark hair and so um so anyway like that was like really encouraging for me but also like very stressful at the same time because I'm like there's no like I'm not like progressing like there's nothing happening some ring of fire is going to start happening. I don't know. Like all these starts starting to like go through my head. But I remember just telling myself, okay, breathe. Like you just need to do like one or two more pushes and your baby's going to come out. And that just like, I feel like that's in that moment. That's when I went like mom mode. And I was like, I'm a mom. I can freaking do this. I'm going to do this for my kid. And and Luke came out like Luke came out and that's when like things kind of took a turn because I didn't have like that awe moment for me 
it was still a very spiritual experience for me and I loved it. But like I've always pictured like my baby going onto my chest and like holding him. And I didn't get to do that with Luke. He he swallowed meconium um, pretty if you don't know what that is, he swallowed his poop pretty much. He pooped and he swallowed it. Um, and so they were holding him upside down so he wouldn't like cry. So he wouldn't swallow. So I didn't hear him cry instantly. And I could see my mom was in the room as well. And I can see her just so fearful and turning to Des and just like <laughs> asking her, I could hear my mom. What's going on? What's going on? Why is, what's going on? why is he not crying? <laughs> yeah. Tell me why he's not crying. Yeah. And so like, it was just like, what, like just all these fear and emotions started like creeping up in my head. Cause no one was really telling me what was happening. Like it just like, or maybe they weren't. I just was so zoned out. Like, holy crap. I just did this because it felt like, like a whole, like, I don't know. It just like slipped out like it just happened and just like you I don't even know how to explain it like he just came out and it just happened in, within seconds um and I didn't hear him cry I didn't get him placed on my chest like I didn't have any of that and so they were like your baby's fine he just swallowed meconium like they finally told me he's gonna go into the NICU we have to get him like all this fluid out of him and like I don't know who like was the advocate of like let her hold her baby really quick or I, I'm pretty sure Jamie or I don't know who it was or maybe my nurse was like they just placed Luke on me really quick and let me look at him and I just like remember you captured this really beautiful picture of my like a teardrop just like coming down my face and Luke is in front of me and just like wanting to like hold my baby and like just him getting like ripped away from me and it might sound dramatic but like it just was a moment that I was like, okay, I just did all that. And I'm like, wait, but you're taking him away from me. Um, so anyway, I ended up tearing, um, as well. Um, and he was like stitching me up and I'm like looking over to Luke and seeing what's happening. There's so many people in the room. Like it was like, there was nobody. And then there was like 50 people in the room, like cleaning up, like w- 20 people with Luke I'm trying to like look over and like Taylor's like holding on to me but looking and he's like I'm gonna go with Luke and Jamie's gonna stay with you and like just reassuring me like and I was like no 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 go go like I was just like go like is Luke okay and he was like yes he's fine I'll be with him like the whole time and that was like just like a big moment for me of being like like I know he's okay and I know that Taylor's taking care of him and like he's not gonna let anything like any of these randos like do anything to him um and anyway, after that, like I was just talking to my OB, like while he was stitching me up, like about his trip, like Lake Powell, like <laughs> we we're just like chatting it up. Like I was like, oh, you're going to Lake Powell? Cool. Like, you know, you, that's so exciting. Your your son just got married. How was that? Like um, just kind of to distract myself. And I think I just went into this like, f- like kind of like just like stone cold, like person of like. I didn't just have a baby, just like focus on this. And like, then you can focus on something else because I knew the type of person I was and I would probably be an emotional wreck trying to like get off the table and like go see my kid. So anyway, to sum it all up, that's pretty what much what my birth was. It was, it was, there was 
times of happiness. There is times of like fear. There is times of like laughter, sadness, like all types of emotions. But I would not like change my birth in any way, shape, or form, because it was, like, exactly what, how it needed to play, be played out, um, and it was, it was, it was great, like, I, honestly, I, I don't think, I, I hope another birth can top that, like, my own birth, like, my next kid can top that, because, I don't know, that was, that's a pretty high standard right there, I just, I had some pretty cool people in my room, (laughs) Overall, I just feel like it was just a great experience, and I, I don't know. Anyway, it was pretty cool. It was. It was a really beautiful experience, especially to be, like, on the sidelines of it and just, like, watching your best friend just, like, push through, like, every, like, ounce of strength that you had to to get your baby here, and then also to watch, like, the sad parts, like you said, like, you not getting to hold your baby and just to see a little glimpse of him for just a minute you know but it's crazy how each experience is just so different like nobody's birth story is the same and you were saying like you you hope that like your next baby can top it but really it will just be a completely different story like it won't be the same it won't top it it will just be so different you know what I'm saying yeah so that's a good point what about you like you asked me the question like if like my first birth experience kind of like affected how I view birth or like how I view it for my next potential kids that I might have what about you yeah I think um I think like if anything like it's just like I have more knowledge like Taylor and I always talk about this like um I just feel like now just like the knowledge of like going into a hospital and like knowing like what's going to happen versus the unknown. We're not very good with like, Taylor's better at change, but like, I love knowing details and Taylor's okay sometimes without knowing the details. Um, so that was like pretty, a big like thing to swallow. Like my pride of like, well, you're not going to know until you know. And so now like with future kids, like, it's affected me in the way of like a positive way of like now, like obviously I'm not like a pro at birthing, but like I have somewhat an idea of like options of like what Cervadel is, what a mucus plug is, what like what it is, like what a water breaks, you know what I mean? And so now I just like feel like if anything, it's just making me stronger for my next, my next kids and like my next birthing experience. Um, and just like even things of like, op, like just like the different options, like I said, that you can, you can do and like what you can, the only thing that scares me is that I really did love my birthing to- team. So I wish I could copy and paste everyone for my second birth and put them in that room going from like, which I, I mean, like I could in some sense, like I could have my mom, you like Jamie and, and obviously Taylor's going to be there, but my nurses too like I feel like we everyone in that room played a specific role that I needed though that day like everyone even to like my freaking chefs that came to like feed me like they everyone played a specific role that needed to be there and that was placed there in my life for that moment and so 
Um, I'm thankful for like all of you for being there and being supportive. Like even like Desi's capturing pictures, but also like saying encouraging words to me, holding my hand, like at times, like, I don't know, like, is that, I'm sure you don't do that. Like with like people that you like don't know, but it was cool to (laughs) see like, like, I don't know, just having like, you don't, not a lot of people get to experience that, like having everyone mm-hmm. that you love and, the, and that people that you tr- like your rider dies in the room. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. 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 I feel they always say like your birth team should be like the biggest part of like you deciding like the decisions that you make leading up to your birth. Like who is going to be in that room when you're giving birth is so important. So I love that you were able to have everybody that you needed there i love that for you yeah i'm super 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 thankful um but yeah that was that was my birth story um nothing nothing crazy but it was the right amount of um everything that i needed i love that i don't i don't i think that's i think that's it i feel like that was (laughs) No, yeah, I think I think that was all I had to say about my birth. Um, I was just thinking, too, before we wrap up, we also did talk about, um, we also did have an episode with my doula, a doula that I had, and she, give, she gave some great tips on, on birth. So if you're pregnant or if you just want tips or knowledge or anything, check out that episode. But thanks for listening to such a special part and experience that we've had in our life. I agree to all that. It's interesting. It'd be interesting. I'm going to listen to it tomorrow too as well. I'll listen with you guys, but um, just listening to the old little Kim that didn't have a birthing experience and now listening to this and like hearing my, just like walking myself through all of that. It's just interesting because I was asking Desi and Trista all these like interesting questions of like, the unknowns and so anyway it's just cool to see all those different perspectives so hope you guys listened to that podcast and then enjoyed this one as well so we'll see you guys next week